Today on Locked On Canadians, uh, first a big trade has happened leading up to the trade deadline. How does this affect the Habs? You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 1002 of Locked On Canadians. As you know, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day, and we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, hosting solo today, and in fact, this entire week. This is kind of the second half of a back-to-back episode, and if you listened to the last episode, I was listening out for a trade that was about to break, and it finally has, and we're going to talk about that and how it sets the market for the Habs as well, or sets market value for Habs as well. Uh, There are a couple of other news tidbits that I did want to get to as well later on in this episode, but let's first start with the trade. So the Vancouver Canucks have acquired Elias Lindholm, um, and in exchange, they have sent the Calgary Flames, Andre Kuzmenko, uh, the first round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft, uh, and then uh, defensive prospects, Hunter, I, I, I'm going to pronounce this or butcher this, burst of it, uh, as well as Yoni Yermo. So if you're the Canucks at this point, you are going all in. You have been dealt a very fortunate hand. You've been waiting. Uh, your conference, quite frankly, sucks. Uh, so you've got this unique opportunity to go all in. You're one of the only teams that really is doing well. And I must say outperforming the expectations at the beginning of the season. Um, and I think that's quite important. So this is Vancouver standing up and saying, you know, like we've got this team, we're going to, uh, we're going to try our best to really, really put out all the stops. Cause who knows what opportunity we'll get. Conversely, Calgary, on the other hand, five, four, five points, out of a wild card spot. I keep saying five cards out of a wild point spot. Uh, you can tell I'm tired. But at the same time, like if you're Calgary at this point, you are trying to load up. And that's a good haul. Like that's a really good haul. Like I don't I don't know if... Like I do know hearing from Canucks fans that felt like a steep return. Like I, I just for me the question with Calgary is like, what are you going to do with this? Are you going to squander these players? Are you going to squander this opportunity, um, and uh, underperform or disappoint yet again? I think that's for me the biggest question. But all of this to say, we got to look at this and see how it affects the Habs. Like the Canadians don't have someone at the level of Lindholm that they would want to trade. If the Habs are going to trade somebody and they're going to trade somebody that may have been part of their future, uh, I think the biggest name would have been somebody like Jordan Harris. Uh, Very, very, very reliable defenseman, plays really, really well. The Habs, as you know, have too many defensemen. Um, And for me, like that's kind of sort of the... um, the player that I wouldn't want to part with that the Canadians are going to trade. Like... There are veterans on this roster, and I know if you've been talking to any Habs fans, there's been a lot of squawking about which ones should no longer be here. Uh, and I agree, you know, like if I'm, if I'm as a Canadians fan, if I'm Kent Hughes, 
I want to trade all the veterans and get only picks and prospects in return. I want to have a really young team and I want to uh, accelerate the rebuild. And I only want good prospects, not any, not just any prospects. So I think for me, like the biggest thing or the, the highest expectation or the person on the Canadians who has the highest potential trade value, as we've talked about, is Sean Monaghan. In fact, I literally spent an entire segment on the last episode talking about that. Um, and I think in... In a vacuum, Sean Monahan fetches a pick, like, I don't know, like a third rounder or something like that. But as we know, it is the NHL trade deadline. This is when everybody goes off the rails a little bit. And the price of a player becomes what is another GM willing to pay to keep him away from you, right? So the bidding wars start, the conversations start. Um, I know that Kent Hughes, like, there's not just been rumors, but there's been reporting like reliable accurate reporting that Ken Hughes has been shopping a lot of his players this year in an effort to bolster his uh, future lineup and if you're Kent Hughes if you're not doing that you're not doing your job um, where a lot of uh, reports differ is you know what's the asking price or what the Canadians are saying no to we did hear uh, something about the Canadians having having said no to a cutter Gauthier trade um, we know from reliable reporters as well that Arbor Jackeye is getting a lot of interest, uh, which is interesting to me because I think I think the reason that other GMs are asking about him is not the reason that the Montreal Canadiens wouldn't want to part with him, right? And I do think that he's at a point right now where next year or the year after that, the value is going to decline. But I think He's, he's almost a unique player in that he does have the ability to be a complete goon, um, but also he does have the ab ability to play hockey really well, like NHL caliber well, right? He was in the NHL for the better part of the season, um, and it's mostly because the Habs couldn't really find a spot for him. And then, you know, when he was scratched for that last game before the bye week, Everybody was scratching their heads asking why would that happen? Like I'm going in this, like on this tangent, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you guys on this roller coaster ride with me. But all this to say is that I did want to like, just really um, talk about Sean Monaghan's trade value value. And I think at this point, if there's a team that's poised for a long run, Sean Monaghan would be an ideal candidate for that team. And the asking price from Kent Hughes should be astronomical astronomically high and then the teams can meet in the middle with a pick and a prospect and I really do think that it's possible that he fetches that it's all a matter of whether or not he gets injured before the trade deadline takes place so I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility just based on the fact of what other GMs are willing to pay in a vacuum like I said be a third rounder or something like that but in this case like the Habs could get their hands on a prospect I also think that if they do trade Jordan Harris, like they would want to trade for a future defensive prospect, like somebody who can take Josh Jordan Harris's anticipated place in the lineup. Uh, in our comments slash emails, there's been a lot of people asking for Mike Matheson to be traded because his value is the highest that it's ever going to be right now, which I do think is true. But I don't think the Canadians have any interest in trading him just because, you know, their, their defense roster it just seems like a mishmash of like a bunch of guys that are thrown together and kind of hope that hoping and praying that they make it work. Like for me, um, the most reliable defenseman, and if you look at the underlying numbers, this backs us up are um, 
Kovacevic, Kovacevic um, and um, and Harris. Uh, but at the end of the day, the one the the one to watch is Caden Gooley, and I'm hearing a lot of Caden Gooley uh, detractors right now. And I want you all to kind of step back a little bit, kind of look at it in context. I think Caden Gooley is great; he's fantastic, um, and he's the one to kind of watch. He's he's the big uh, NHL roster guy to watch. Arbor Jack is obviously a big story this year. Will he, won't he? And then finally, Jaden Struble. Like to me, Jaden Struble um, is a surprise, a pleasant surprise. But the guys I just mentioned, like it's not a cohesive unit. They don't make sense together. They're just a bunch of guys. They do play well together. And obviously there's David Savard, blah, blah, blah. But like if the Canadians have too many defensemen and none of them go together, like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, it's, it feels like the equivalent of buying a bunch of designer items of clothing, but then you can't make an outfit out of it. That's what the, that's what the defensive core right now reminds me of. So I don't necessarily think that trading like a, a generic is such a bad word for it. I don't mean generic, but trading a guy who fits the mold of the idea of what a defenseman should be, which is Mike Matheson. Like, that's not who they're trading. You know what I mean? They're trading the veteran um, for a team that wants a shot blocker, somebody like David Savard. And again, I don't know what the market is like for him based on the contract, but we'll see. They're trading Jordan Harris, who could be a solid addition to any team, especially particularly one who wants a steady steady presence on uh, the defensive line. Somebody who's very reliable, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, is quietly, you know, nobody notices him, but is amazing. Uh, and I like I think those are the guys or Arbor Jack I obviously which Ken Hughes doesn't seem to be willing to trade. All of this to say is that um, I think this is all a big roundabout way of saying the market for Sean Monaghan um, feels like it's set in context of this trade that was just made. Uh, in our next segment, I do want to talk a little bit about some news tidbits that I've been hearing uh, and how those affect the Habs, and that's coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Happy Super Bowl season to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Honestly, like the Super Bowl party, I don't even, like, I'm not even a big NFL person. I just get into it because it's a Super Bowl and also because it's so fun to bet on the NFL. Like, I honestly, to me, like, prop bets, all that kind of stuff, like, my favorite part of the Super Bowl Sunday is all the prop bets. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a win or two or even three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. 
and new customers join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Anas. All right. So um, I did want to talk about something that is kind of a rumor. I heard about this from our good friend Jay of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. And um, I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. There have been rumors that the Columbus Blue Jackets might be interested in Jeff Gorton of the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> um, for a their future GM position. Right now, the I guess the general wisdom, the conventional wins, whatever it is, the general consensus seems to be that the Blue Jackets should make a general manager change. I don't think I disagree with that. There's been a lot of reasons for me that it's time. It's And it's been quite some time, right? Like Kekulainen has been in place for enough years that his shelf life is like he's past his shelf life, right? And at the same time, the Columbus Blue Jackets need to progress. Like that's a team with a lot of problems, but a, a really promising young roster, right? Like they're, they've got a lot of exciting players that are already in the NHL or about to make the NHL. So what does this mean for the Habs if Jeff Gorton goes away? Like one thing that I've, and again, this is like, this is just a rumor. Uh, nobody's getting fired as of yet. Cut to them firing, making a firing at 8 a.m. on the day that I dropped this podcast um, and hiring Jeff Gorton. Nobody's like said anything. It's just that, that this is a rumor that they might be interested in him. Like, I don't think that this is the first team that Jeff Gorton's name has been linked to. Um, I just, for me right now, I don't really know how this would affect the Habs because Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes have been very vocal and in in presenting themselves as kind of a unit. It's, it's, you know, it's always Kent Hughes that makes the final decision as a general manager should but it seems like the ideas come from Jeff Court Gordon. Definitely, there's a lot of discussion and working in tandem that happens. So it's hard for me to kind of separate the Kent Hughes decisions from the Jeff Gordon ideas, if that makes sense. Like it might be one person that's like making like the executive decision, but where did that start? Like where did that conversation take place? And who started it? Who who like there's some there's so many times that a signing happens or a trade happens and you can tell it has Kent Hughes fingerprints all over it. Maybe it's somebody that he's familiar with because his son played with him um, or it's somebody that he's familiar with because as an agent or a player representative, um, that would be a player that he's familiar with, even if it's not somebody on his former client roster. Right. It's like, like you can always tell it's, it's somebody that you're like, okay, this is definitely a Kent Hughes move. And then there are other cases where it's a Jeff Gordon move. Like I think, you know, giving a second chance to a player that he might have some familiarity with, whether it's from New York Rangers or elsewhere, like there's some that you can kind of tell you're like, all right, this is a Jeff Gordon move. But then at the end of the day, the big decisions in terms of the identity of the team, like what direction they're going in, what 
um, what their goals are, how they plan to, you know, the process that we're supposed to trust, like who comes up with that, who decides that. It's a little bit less transparent to me. Um, and I have to say, because I mean, I've been watching this team and I've been like, you know, I'm, I'm just like you guys. I listen to every single podcast or I read every tweet from Elliot Friedman or Frank Saravalli or all of that. Right. Like I'm constantly I'm constantly trying to stay on top of the Canadians news and discussions. And sometimes I do get a little bit lost in a lot of rumor discussions and things like that, whether it's in the comment section or in the replies to a tweet or, you know, um, even just uh, on, on podcasts and things like that. I do get a lot lost. I do get lost a lot in them. But one thing that I haven't really been able to figure out is in other than those individual moves that are extremely obvious, where does Jeff Gordon end and Kent Hughes begin and vice versa? So what would the Columbus Blue Jackets be getting? I feel like somebody who is a steadying presence, somebody with a lot of patience, uh, somebody who's not afraid to be bold, as we've seen here in Montreal, uh, and somebody who I think wants to surround himself with a particular type of uh, coach, scouting staff, coaching staff, you know, in that case, he would be the general manager, so like not a general manager to be hired. Uh, but he would surround himself with kind of forward-thinking people, uh, people with uh, like he seems to be just calm and, and not excitable, if that makes sense. Uh, but that doesn't mean the team can't be exciting right now. And whatever frustrations we have with the Canadians, and I know there are many, uh, I talk to you guys every day, um, and I have them too, like whatever you like, whatever, I think a lot of our frustrations come from a sense of impatience that, you know, the Canadians have been disappointing for many, many years in the past couple of decades. And we've seen glimpses of how good life could be for us. And it always feels like it gets smashed away to be followed by some muck. I think that Jeff Gorton starting like from the day that he started here has given the fans a sense of optimism and then with the hirings they've done even the way we're feeling right now with Martin San Luis decisions based on his inexperience or stubbornness I don't even know um there was a sense of optimism associated with Jeff Gorton here and the moves that he made after taking over as you know the president I just think I just think that it's a long shot. It doesn't seem like the Columbus Blue Jackets are in a hurry to make a firing right now. And that there are so many other candidates that um, they might want to go with. Uh, I just, I feel like it's only a matter of time before Jeff Gordon does get snapped up. But I really hope that um, his, that philosophy that he and Kent Hughes agreed on uh, continues. Like the positive signs that we're seeing, if they were to come from him only and not Kent Hughes, like they're entrenched now in the team uh, going forward. And um this is just my like, like long roundabout say way of addressing a potential um, reason or a potential place that he could go to. I mean, for all I know, the talks haven't even happened about the firing. He might not even be interested. Maybe he's fine here. Um, I'm sure somebody like him would want a GM job, though. Uh, I definitely feel like it's like that. The executive decision making that you get to do uh, is probably something that's really enticing uh it seems a little bit more exciting so it all remains to be seen but in the meantime sending a lot of love to jay for inspiring this segment and also just for having to watch the columbus blue jackets get injured every single day um and in our next segment uh there's a couple of other things that i wanted to discuss including um another montreal team and that's coming up in just one moment 
here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Factor. Let me tell you something that I've been doing a lot and I'm not super proud of it is ordering a lot of takeout because this time of year is really rough for me. Seasonal, you know, the, the, the whole getting dark early kind of thing. You're exhausted. It's cold. It's January. You don't feel like doing anything. You end up ordering food and it's not great for your wallet. I have to tell you. And sometimes you just like, you're just not in the mood to like do prepping or cooking or even going to the grocery store. But now I can tell you that Factor is here for you because instead of having to do all of that, you can get chef crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are over 35 meals to choose from per week. And you know, they're all like, they're tailored to keto, calorie smart, vegan, vegetarian, all kinds of stuff. And there's also over 55 weekly add-ons. When I say add-ons, I mean things like sides, snacks, juices, smoothies. There's so much and it'll keep you going. Don't be like me and spend all that money on takeout. But be like me, (laughs) be like new me, discover factor. And like, literally, like, it'll change your life. You won't have to do any of that cooking, any of that prepping. It's all just ready in two minutes. All you got to do is heat it. And it's so, so delicious. And you can pause. You can, you know, you can restart your deliveries and just think about all of the cleaning up that you are going to be saving. So if you have any goals in the new year, which like me to save a bunch of money and stop ordering all that takeout, Factor is the place for you. You'll get everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats and cold pressed juices energy bites literally everything head to factormeals.com slash locked on nhl 50 and use code locked on nhl 50 to get 50 percent off that's code locked on nhl 50 at factormeals.com slash locked on nhl 50 and it's 50 percent off All right, folks, it is the last segment. Um, Don't forget that we have the mailbag episode tomorrow. I do have a few questions, but I would love some more. And if you want to send us mailbag questions, you can send them to LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Or you can leave them in the YouTube comments. Just write mailbag question or MBQ uh, at the beginning so you'll know, so that we know you want us to bring it up on the mailbag. As well, you can always tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Um, and we will uh, bring up the question on tomorrow's podcast. It is the bye week, so there is no game. So it's going to be all mailbag. And I still have a couple of mailbag questions left over from last week uh, from our 1000th episode celebration, but please keep them coming. All right. I do want to really quickly uh, in some positive news talk about the PWHL. Um, Centre Belle in Laval has, I believe, half the home games, if I'm not mistaken. Like the Verdun Auditorium is fun because it's not that big so that you get a lot of noise and a lot of atmosphere. It's also like, it's very convenient to get to. Um, It's a short walk from the Metro. It's fun. It's it's like, it's honestly like, it feels like a a home rink. It is a home rink. There's a bunch of, you know, um, I'm going to say midget teams. I don't know. Bantam team. I don't know. Just lower level teams, uh, you know, for, uh, for those with kids who play hockey. 
there, you know, a ton of it happens. Like I've watched a lot of previous iterations of women's leagues games in, uh, in the Verdun auditorium. It's just, it's really nice. Uh, it's a great place to be, but there's a lot of games at, at Centre, uh, Place Belle, not Centre Belle, Place Belle. Can't believe that. Um, in Laval. That's also pretty convenient to get to. I know it's Laval, but it is on the metro line. It's literally like the kitty corner from the metro. Um, and the atmosphere has been really great uh, at every PWHL game. I've been watching them. I've been trying to get a sense of them. And my friends and I are about to go to one. Uh, so we're super, super excited about that. But the really positive thing is that currently, as of today, or the time that I'm recording this, the Montreal team is tied for the top of the standings. So I think it's something really fun for us to cheer for, fun for us to get into, and maybe I'll see you at a game, either at Verdun or Place Bell sometime soon. Not this weekend, though. I am going out of town, um, but definitely, definitely soon. All right. Um, the one final thing that I wanted to talk about, and it is a bit of a sensitive issue, so I did want to give everybody a warning beforehand. Um, as you know, uh, the names of the players from the 2018 World Junior Team um, that have been uh, accused and now are being charged with sexual assault uh, relating to an incident from a fundraising event in the summer of 2018. Uh, yes, I believe it's the 20. Yes, that's it's the 2018 team. Um, the players have been named um, and. Their lawyers have confirmed these names, and they have all obviously said that their um, their clients are have not like some of them have said ha, are innocent. Some of them have said you know are not uh, guilty of any criminal wrongdoing um, and things like that. And from what I can understand, the trial might not take place until potentially twenty twenty six, which is quite some time from now. And it is really, really important um, for us to allow the legal process to play out. There's obviously, once a player gets charged, there's going to be a long investigation. Um, and then cases are going to be put together. The defensive cases are going to be put together. There'll, there will be a trial. And that's going to be it for me uh, for this episode. Remember that tomorrow is the mailbag episode. Um, and that I would love your mailbag questions. Uh, again, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Twitter account is LO underscore Canadians. Also leave it in the YouTube comments. While we're at it, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Um, and please follow us on social media. You can find me at The Active Stick. You, you can find Scott at Scott Matlip pretty much everywhere. As well, our Twitter account is LO underscore Canadians. We're working on getting um, accounts for other social media as well for the podcast. We're just trying to figure out where to concentrate our energy, where everybody's congregating. Uh, it seems like probably Instagram at this point. Uh, but keep us posted. Let us know where you'd like to see us. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with the mailbag tomorrow.